Hey guys, my name is Crystal Kenny, and I'm in love with creating. All things artistic and imagination involved. I'm an American girl who chased her creative dreams all the way to Paris, France, making a living using photography. This podcast takes you inside the stories of all the artsy folks I've met along the way and gives you that extra push to discover your creative gifts. The desire to create is deeply inside each and every one of us, and I give you the tools and inspiration to find a new way of living a more creative life. This is La Vie Creative, the podcast. Welcome to the show, Jill. How are you doing today? Hello, Crystal. I'm doing very well, thank you. And thanks so much to you for inviting me on the program. I'm I'm really honored to be here. It's great. Thank you. <laughs> so happy to have you on. I've been following you on Instagram, all your adventures and your cooking, and you just look like you're having a fantastic time. So I'm really excited to share your story. I am so excited to share all of this with you too. Perfect. Yeah. So I know you're originally from Scotland, but you've been in Paris for 30 years now, over 30 years. And I want to talk a little bit about what brought you to Paris. What brought you to France? (laughs) It didn't quite work out according to plan. You see, I was supposed to meet a rich Californian guy who had a a vineyard because I did some studies in, in, uh, in wine tasting, etc. And so I went to Long story short, I, I went back to university after I did the music. I was a professional musician and I went back to university for to do a master's in marketing at business school in Strathclyde. And I bumped into this Frenchman uh, who started talking to me about wine. And I thought, but he hasn't a clue about wine. He doesn't know anything about this. And I thought this was actually very funny. And and so it all just kind of blossomed from there. And we spoke in English to each other, etc. too. And then I came out of business school during the recession. Um, I was supposed to be working in the wine trade in Scotland. Um, and and then he said to me, look, uh, why don't you just come over to Paris? I'm, I'm busy working just now. Why don't you, you learn a bit of French at Alliance Francaise? And and then you can take it from there. And Crystal, I had no idea. It ended up just being one way ticket. I fell hopelessly in love. And and yeah, it's just it is the the old cliche. I know, but that's how it happened. And um, (laughs) that's so sweet. Oh, I love that he convinced you. He's like, yeah, there's a recession. Just come out, hang out in France. Like, no problem. It's a French. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 yeah, so it brought me over, yes. Uh, but I had, I don't know what it was, but it was straight out of my comfort zone. I wasn't one of these people who had it in my mind from the very beginning. It's like, oh, yes, I've always wanted to go to Paris. I want to, I've dreamt of of being in France and living the French life. In fact, it, it was the opposite for me too. I just thought this is kind of scary because Suddenly we'd been speaking English to each other in Scotland and suddenly I arrive on the scene here and he took it out of, he's, he's, it was very serious. He just thought, well, you're here to learn French. So I'm not going to speak a word of English to you. <laughs> oh, and it was, I was really tough. I mean, I, I, I mean, I was talking about the wine tasting earlier on. I, I mean, if I wanted to have a decent conversation and get the conversation flowing, um, I mean, I would have to drink wine but at the time. <laughs> Yeah, but by the time I'd plucked up the courage to work out what I was going to say to join in the conversation with his friends, yeah. um, I ended up being the village idiot because the <laughs> conversation had moved on from then and they would look at you and go, where did you find her? I mean, she's she's. we've already talked about this earlier, but now we're on to a different subject. And I had no <laughs> idea what I was talking about. Anyway, long, long, <laughs> long story. I'm blabbing. 
just that's a, so brave, yeah. though. I mean, that's super difficult. And I know from dating Frenchmen myself, like, like you said, they just switch right into French. And you're like, I understand nothing. But it sounds like <laughs> you did learn a lot. You it, it pushed you right into that experience, and you were you're learning the language a lot quicker that way back then. Oh yes, well, well, actually, at the time too, uh, when I realized that you know the clock was ticking a bit, and I just thought I'm actually enjoying it here, although it was tough. I mean, you know what it's like. You've been yeah. here for a few years, and it's not all the glamorous thing it's been if you're here for a year or two it's a very different situation isn't it because you've, yeah. you've still got the kind of touristy vibes in your eyes and you, you it feels extra special but suddenly when you hit that two-year mark or whatever it it does get a bit scary you feel lonely and I mean I totally I don't I I see that you wrote a book about it too and I, I, I totally identify with you on that one well yes I I ended up well I, I worked in a, an international organization for 10 years and so I was plunged into the deep end of speaking French. But then suddenly I, well, I became pregnant with my first child. And um, so I, I was still working then. But when I had, by the time I had my second child, Lucy, it was, it was very strange how it all kind of blossomed because I've always been interested in food. I loved, I loved baking in particular and I loved eating, but it's really quite funny how when you, You've seen for yourself what it's like here is that, that, you know, that's the markets, that, that it's, it's very much uh, a central part of French culture. I mean, when we talk about culture, it is food is very much a part of it. And, um, so I mean, you're, yeah, when, when at lunch hours, I would go out to the, the old brasserie and bistros and whatever. And so, so it was into it. But then also I got into cooking. I made many, many mistakes. Let's say I was, I was entertaining a lot of Antoine's friends and, <laughs> and I'll spare you with a lot of the details, but I was learning the, the hard way, uh, through mistakes. But, um, uh, I would see lots of women eating these fancy macarons, uh, <laughs> in, in in uh, a tea, well, in in salon, the salon de thé and all that with a little dog under the table, and it was all just lovely. It was just, and I kept thinking, what is this big deal about macaron? It, you know, and I, then I would speak to lots of my French friends and would say, oh, you don't attempt to make macaron. That's going to be so hard. And I thought, well, it's not like brain surgery. There must be some kind of secret in it, and all. That. So I enrolled in a, I did a, a cooking school. It was a, it was our local um, patisserie in Saint Germain. I ended up going along to an afternoon when the kids were at school, and I thought, well, I can spare two and a half hours, and that's how it literally started in that that cooking session in the afternoon. And I I learned how to make it there in a professional kitchen. And then I came home all fired up and raring to go. And I thought, I've got this, I've got this, I'm going to make it. And you've no idea. It was the most total flop, total failure. I didn't have the professional oven. It wasn't the same kind of ingredients that I was finding in the supermarket, you know, the, the, the same kind of things that they were finding. And I don't know, I just ended up experimenting it, tweaking recipe, trying different things. And and then suddenly I, I, I thought, oh, I think I've got it. I had little color, you know, little foot that is called round the side of the macaron. And then I got so excited. It was working. I was managing to get it. And I ended up getting lots of confidence. And then neighbor, then I'd start making macaron for people coming around. And then I don't know how it happened, but the, the French neighbors, they were going, oh, la la, you know, she can make macaron. And suddenly this confidence boost that I got, that everyone's going, oh my goodness. So you're the macaron lady that knows how to take them up the road. And I, and I got so excited about the whole process that, yeah, so I started doing that. And then it gave me more confidence, not just in the baking side, but also in the cooking side too. And I suddenly thought, you know what? 
I can do this. It's not as bad as I thought. It's a lot easier because I know, I, you know what it is in France. We, we think French food it can be a little bit intimidating. And you realize, well, not really. Well, of course it is if you're going to do a fancy patisserie that, that you find in the shops. But if you're doing the, the family dishes, and I was learning also from my mother-in-law as well, she would make her a big creme caramel for the whole family. And I'm just, and I thought, oh, I don't know if I can do that. She was making tartata, she was making uh, clafoutis. And I thought, oh, crikey, you know, uh, can I do this? And then finally, well, I, I got lots of um, support from my husband. He was super, but also the kids as well. They, they, they've all been my rocks, you know, and they would say, hey, mum, this is great. This is really tasting good and this is the best yet. And Aww. so yeah, it just took off from there. It was just like, I like love that. So it just started as like a little, let's just have some fun. Let's learn. And then it became kind of this obsession. It sounds like perfecting your macaron. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit like me it's the, the perfectionist in me too is that you know you you say oh and I've, I've got to try this and then I start start to think oh I can try different flavors and, and things like that too talk about your process for writing those books what was that like well it again I can't fell into it again Crystal is that that um as I was making these macaron for the neighbours and, and friends, they would say, say, can you make me a few, can you make me a box for people coming round or that kind of stuff. And in the end, I just didn't have the time. And and I kept thinking, well, I'm not starting up a business, you know, making a, a, a macaron shop or whatever. I think uh, I need to just put the recipes together and show them myself that it's a lot easier than you think. So I thought I'll take away the initial fear. I'll write down all my tips and and I'll write down the recipe and 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 so I wrote it all out for them and then in the end I started getting carried away uh and I thought oh I'll add another flavor and I'll add this one and all that and then one Christmas my brother took one look at the printouts and he said you've got a book here that could be published that that looks book material and and so I was really extremely lucky because I contacted one uh publication house that happened to be in Scotland and and um, it was with Waverly Books. And I couldn't believe it. They just took me on straight away. They said, let's do it. Let's wow, do it. That's the editor, well, there was the editor. She was into cooking and baking herself. And Eleanor, she was super. She she tried, she tried the recipe and she said, but it works. I've done it as well. And so she got excited and they all in the in the publishing house, they all got excited and they're all making macaron as well. And so that's how it happened. So they took me on. Um, found myself also trying to take photographs. I'm not a, at the time, certainly wasn't a photographer and I, I didn't profess to be either, but I found myself taking photographs for the book as well and just generally doing that. But I had a ball. I had so much fun with it. And, and then that's when the creative side all kind of kicked in too with different flavors. And, and then yes, they took me on for a second book, which I was very, very flattered. And they took wow. me on for more macaron, but different and um, patisserie, how to make easy, like eclairs and tarts. And, wow. and yeah, it was uh, so crazy because so many people, one, dream of moving to Paris, two, dream of like publishing a book or even perfecting French cooking in any way. And I just love that you just fell into all these things. You're like, you know, it was just fun. And one thing led to another. <laughs> Here I am. And like you have like a background in music. I mean, it just really shows you what can happen if you're just open you know, <laughs> to learning new things. 
I think so. I think it's also a question if you're really enjoying something and also if you get support, you get the mental support. I'm not talking about financial support such as, but, but the mental support of, of, Hey mom, this is amazing. Oh, can you make this again? Can you? And the more you get the, the, the support that comes behind it, you, you, you want to make more. It's, it's, it's great fun. It's really sweet. And I love that your family is so supportive too. I mean, why would they not be supportive? You're feeding them, especially like sweets and stuff. How delicious. And so talk a little bit about like your top tip for making macaron. Like what's the biggest thing that you can give to people as a tip? Well, uh, I think that, I think the process of making macaron is something that you need to concentrate on the job. You can't multitask. And I think that's another reason why I love making them to start with. Which terms and it, which also translates into cooking or doing any kind of baking that you're doing at home is, is literally switching yourself off and making it like a kind of yoga. So I would cut myself off in the kitchen, close the door and not even some music. I would just concentrate on what I was doing and whisking and, and seeing the feet develop in the oven. And so I think basically you just need to, 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 to follow. If you've got a good recipe, you follow it and you stick to it. Don't follow three or four different recipes at the same time, thinking you can like mix them all together and come up with your own. It's like you just need to follow it uh, to the letter. And then once you've got it, just uh, stick with it. Yeah. I like that because it's true with cooking. It really puts you in the moment. It's kind of like a meditation. And also like what they always talk about with creativity, you get in these flow states. So when you're in a flow state, you're like super in the moment. And like cooking is all about that because you have to pay attention to what you're doing at right that moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, I realize I've gone on a tangent again I think <laughs> no not at all we love hearing all this stuff and and talk a little bit about your food tours so you also give tours around Paris teaching people about food showing them the best yeah um, I think that's even more important than the food itself uh, uh, at times is that the the French eat at at meal times and I know that sounds so basic but they don't snack I mean um when I first arrived here I I was like content it's sort of like if I was hungry if I wasn't hungry I would like skip lunch and then by three o'clock or even four o'clock I thought oh I've not had my lunch I'll make something and then I'd eat it then and then my husband would look at me and say but that's weird what are you doing uh this is four o'clock I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna have like a cock monsieur now it, what, what, it, so so I thought he was really I thought that, oh you're just such a it's boring why are you doing that no no but he had a point and it was really funny because the more I started to stick to meal times and and be very strict about it and be disciplined too, I've discovered another thing too is that it's actually very healthy. You can eat the the patisserie with the butter and the sugar, but everything is in moderation and they don't go out of their way to go along. Even on the p- pastry tours I was doing, that's that's something unthinkable. I would never go into a patisserie a patisserie and then buy one cake and then go to another one, buy another cake and eat them all in the space of an afternoon. No way. We we don't eat pastries every day. We don't eat croissant every day or, or we, we eat healthily. We'll maybe have a croissant once a week or twice a week, but everything is in proportion, but it's so much fun. It's still, it's still delicious. We get to eat all these things, but it's, I think, yeah, as I say, it's the discipline more than anything. Um, yeah, and, yeah. Do you, do you find that too? It's, oh it's yeah, the, for sure. And like people are always asking me, like, how are French people so skinny? Because they have all these great desserts and all these butter and creams in their food. But like you said, they eat moderation, smaller, and we don't eat this stuff every day. 
That's it. That's it. Exactly that. And um, and so it ends up being very healthy. And and I think something I did learn about French food in general is that the I think before, oh yeah, that's another thing. But I met Antoine for the first time too, and and now I take it as just second nature to you know uh, instead of necessarily going to the supermarket, getting a really nice big cauliflower and making something from it. You avoid them uh, in January or February if you can, because if you get them to try and show off at your Christmas table that you've got strawberries on there, you'll actually get some funny, funny looks from the French at the table thinking, where did you get this? where did you get these at this time of year? And it's like, oh, that's not very sustainable because it's come all this way. And on top of it, if they taste like turnips because they're so hard. <laughs> yeah, you'll basically just be in big trouble. Like do do it seasonally or you're going to be in trouble with the French. And in your See, mind, why, right. do, <laughs> why do you think creatives are attracted to Paris? Creatives attracted to Paris. Well, well, let's face it. I mean, we've got so many art galleries. There, it's, it's, it's a magical city that is so much on your doorstep and you've got so much inspiration around you. I mean, whether you're an artist or like yourself, the photography, I mean, there's always some corner you turn, there's always some kind of inspiration for any, any kind of uh, creative person in terms of art or music. And well, there's nothing more creative too than, than going to restaurants and patisserie and discovering that, for example, oh, this, this is another one. I'm having a dessert in a restaurant on time and it was, it, it was, um, uh, done by a, a, a famous French chef, a Michelin chef, a starred chef. And I'm having this incredible dessert and it's got, it's with pistachio and vanilla and wasabi of all things. And you're thinking, wow. And with white chocolate, you're thinking, oh my goodness, taste all these flavors. Crazy brain. That's why I think that's why they called it mad about Macon because I'm a bit mad in this one is that you end up being creative and you think, hmm, now I wonder how I can recreate that at home. Now, there are lots of, that's what I, I love doing on my blog with the, the recipes. I love like doing a little twist to it and, you know, these kind of things. But in this case, I had this dessert with the wasabi, pistachio, white chocolate and all that. And I thought, I'm going to make a macaron out of this when I get home. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got, so you've got an empty canvas as well. So it is creative. There's so many different creative opportunities. And it's, and so, yeah, I ended up making that particular flavor of macaron. And then there was a, a patisserie, a local patisserie competition with the local French neighbours. Oh. And they couldn't believe the Scottish girl turned up with wasabi, white chocolate, macaron. And you're thinking, what's he talking about? The carrots are not cooked. You're playing football, for goodness sake. And it just means that the, 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 the team's not going to win. If you're, you're, there, there are just so many fun experiences. I fell, I fell in the garden last, uh, last year and I, I ended up with a black eye. And I was going, I was going around around the streets lots of people were saying oh she's got instead of saying a black eye they would they would actually say elle a l'oeil de beurre noir she's got a, a black blackened butter eye <laughs> I think everything is connected to food here it's incredible so so yeah so you'll find so many of these fun things that I try and share as much as I can it's all free I come onto the blog see where it's because I've got a monthly newsletter you can find everything there uh, on the website. And I've started to do some videos. Uh, I've been absolutely thrilled to bits to, to be um, doing some videos inside uh, some bakeries with 
with um, our local baker in Saint Germain-en-Laye, who's lovely, who's invited me to, uh, to to share some of the recipes. And so, so yes, I've got all of these kind of uh, links onto to the YouTube videos too. So you'll find it, everything there uh, on madaboutmacon.com. Very cool. I mean, there sounds like you have a lot going on and it's so wonderful to share all this with people around the world because everybody loves French cooking. How could you not? And thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. I'll share all those links in the show notes, guys. So make sure you check out her website and her newsletter and everything else will all be there. And thanks so much, Jill. Oh, thank you for having me and listening to all my... My babble. <laughs> well, that's the whole point of a podcast. We love the babble. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me on your program, Crystal. I really appreciate it. And, and I look forward to, to seeing you soon in Paris for a drink. You. Thanks so much for tuning in to La Vie Creative. You can find more information on MissParisPhoto.com. And if you enjoyed this show, please feel free to share and spread the word for all my creative guests. We have the power to help them to keep doing what they love. See you next time.